you're listening to Not So Risky Business Podcast, where we make legal easy for you by unlocking access to essential legal information, training, and strategy for online businesses, coaches, and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Miriam Tsadurian. Welcome. Welcome back to another episode of Not So Risky Business Podcast. Today, I'm interviewing somebody who is an, who's an expert in YouTube marketing, YouTube videos, creation, making you look great and sound great on camera. My guest today is Meredith Marsh. Welcome, Meredith. Thank you so much, Miriam, for having me. Absolutely. You are on my short list of people to interview because I've been following your work for a few years. In fact, I'm on your email list with several of my email addresses. <laughs> that must get annoying. <laughs> Not at all, because sometimes I forget to open on one. But yeah, I should probably clean that up. So for those of you who might not know Meredith, let me introduce her to you because you need to know her if you're an online business owner who wants to do video, who is doing video, then Meredith is somebody you absolutely must know. Meredith Marsh helps you look good, sound good, and feel good on camera so you can build your audience with YouTube. She's the founder of Thriving Creators Society, where video creators get the clear next steps to scale and monetize on YouTube, and creator of 30 Days to a Thriving YouTube Channel, helping newbie YouTubers create videos that actually grow their channels. Meredith lives with her husband and two daughters in upstate New York. How's the weather there, Meredith? It's back to being cold. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, yeah we had snow having... yesterday. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. It's like spring and mm -hmm. it's still snowing. The weather has yeah. been really weird lately. Um, in California, where it's usually supposed to be sunny and, you know, warm, we've had the wettest winter um, probably in history of California. Yeah. And wow. we've had really low temperatures here as well. It's still not an ideal like sunny California weather here. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Meredith, I don't want to take up a lot of your time today because I know you're a busy, busy woman running all kinds of memberships and YouTube channels. And I know that my audience is probably waiting to hear from you because YouTube is almost an absolute must when you're an online business owner. It is the number one place where everyone, in my opinion, should do their marketing and mm -hmm. presence. So let's talk about YouTube. How long have you been doing anything that has to do with YouTube? Well, first of all, I agree. All online businesses and offline businesses should have a presence on YouTube. I started my channel in 2015. At the mm -hmm. time I had a full-time job and I had this, I had a, I have a background in web design. And so I was, I have all these skills to do like something online, but I didn't know what, or like, mm -hmm. I really didn't know what I even wanted to create content about. And I was new to the whole idea of creating content, but I actually set out to be a blogger. I wanted to be, I wanted to start a blog, make money doing that and then quit my job. And I did start a blog, but I also started a YouTube channel that was, you know, it was generating views and comments and subscribers. And I was like, I was, I was just putting the videos there because I thought that's where you put videos. But then people started following me and I was like, oh, this is an actual platform that you like, 
grow on. Like this is a thing <laughs> that people do. And unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to quit my job. I actually lost my job. But because I had started this blog and YouTube channel on the side, I was able to just do that full time. It wasn't ready for full time, but at least the foundation was there. So I've been doing online business, YouTube content creation full time since 2016. Well, that's a long time. In an online world, it's like a decade. <laughs> I'm a grandma. <laughs> I'm a grandma in the <laughs> online world. <laughs> so how, when you did start on YouTube, you said you were a complete newbie. And did you get any education? Did you have access to any resources to teach you how to play the YouTube game and succeed? Well, I followed few, a few people on YouTube that I wasn't really watching videos on how to do YouTube or really how to create videos, but I was following some people that made me think, oh, I could do that. Like, you know, the, I would follow this one girl who just, she just stands there in front of her bookcase and makes videos. And I'm like, oh, it, I could do that. So <laughs> it was really kind of emulating what I saw other people doing. And then I just applied everything I knew about blogging and like SEO and that kind of thing. I just applied that to YouTube and it worked. <laughs> so I just, I emulated what I saw, what I thought was working for other people, applied it to what I wanted to do and just kind of paved my own path, if you will. That's great. So, and how long after that did you actually start seeing traction for yourself, like growth for your YouTube? Well, so I had the the year I started my channel, 2015, I had 2000 subscribers by the end of that year. And which and I didn't know what like I was like, I don't know, was that good or bad? I don't know. <laughs> but when I started like chatting with other YouTube creators who started at the same time, you know, they they were like, uh, how'd you get 2000 subscribers? Like, can you teach me your ways? Because they were still like, even though they were uploading regularly, they were still, you know, having like a hundred subscribers or a couple hundred. So I knew that what I was doing was working by the end of just doing it consistently every week for a year. So that's kind of when I went into it with like, okay, this is working. What do we need to do to make it work even more? What are we going to do to scale it? So, but by the time I had lost my job, I wasn't generating really anywhere near full-time income from online mm -hmm. stuff. It took me a couple of years to get there, to like replace my full-time income because I was really, I was trying to like be a blogger, be a YouTuber, create a course, create a membership. Mm -hmm. There's like, I'm only one too person, many things. Yeah. Too, too many things. And I think if I had focused on one or two things and really laser focused on that, mm -hmm. I would have definitely gotten there sooner. <laughs> but I mean, what can you say? I'm, I'm a creative person, a multi-passionate person. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. I can't go back. It worked out, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm a yeah. firm believer of everything happens for a reason. Yes. Sometimes you fail, but it's out of those failures too that you learn valuable lessons what to right. do or better yet what not to do yeah in yeah. the future yeah so talk to me about generating income because you said it took you some time until you were generating as much as from your job 
how did you earn your first money, let's say, from YouTube? Ooh. What did you do? Okay, I love this question because the first money I generated from YouTube was 12 cents through <laughs> ad revenue. And I think I was like, this is before YouTube had milestones you had to reach to be monetized. So um, I can't remember, maybe like 2018 or so they implemented that. Before that, you could upload videos and, you know, if you got views, you got ad revenue even 12 mm -hmm. cents. And so it was like four months after I started my channel. And I remember I was looking at my phone. I was looking at like the YouTube analytics on my phone and my mom was sitting there and I was like, oh my gosh, I made 12 cents. And I was like so shocked to see that it, <laughs> there was something there. It wasn't zero. And she was like, you made 12 cents doing what exactly? And I was like making YouTube videos. And I was so excited. And she was yeah. like, wow, like, great job. 12 cents. 12 cents. <laughs> but it was only, it was like not that much longer that it was $12, mm -hmm. you know, and then eventually it was, it's like paying my mortgage. So that's one ad, one revenue stream that, uh, that was my first, I guess you could say my first YouTube dollar, my first 12 cents. But then you have affiliate marketing, you know, with content creation, there's so many revenue streams that you have available. So affiliate marketing has been big for me and then creating my own courses and like online programs and stuff mm -hmm. um, is sort of what I'm focusing on now because it's a bigger piece of the pie, so to speak, than ad revenue, which fluctuates quite a bit, especially right now with the economy the way that it is. So, but yeah, my 12 cents, that was my first, my, my first money from YouTube. I mean, it's only 12 cents, but when you think about it, you're like, Hey, I make 12 cents. I can make this into $12. I can make exactly. this into $1,200. Exactly. So as long as there is a start, there's a mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. you can compound it. Yes. So Meredith, you mentioned content, creating content on YouTube. And I know that you teach YouTube to other business owners how to get started. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about how do you decide what kind of content to create on YouTube? How do you decide what kind of content will kind of pick up on YouTube, get traction and views? Okay. So I think the first place to start is to think about your actual audience. And if you are somebody who has a business, if you have an online offer or, you know, some type of an in-person type of an offer, then you have customers. So that's your audience. Like how can you get more of those people? And so you have to think about that person and what are they, what problems are they having that they're searching for a solution? SEO is search engine optimization is still really viable on YouTube. There's a lot of mm -hmm. um, discussion around like other platforms like TikTok and such where your content is discoverable through other avenues other than what people are searching for. And that's true for YouTube too. But search is also still really heavily 
underutilized. And then, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's underutilized by people who are just getting started because they're hearing people say, oh, you don't need to focus on keywords. But like, if you want to reach people who are searching for something, yeah, you you do have to focus on keywords if you want to show up there. So um, that's number one. I think the easiest place to start because you know what the problems are that people are searching for solutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you also know what mistakes people are making as they're trying to solve those problems on their own. Those are the types of videos that they may not be things people are searching for, but the algorithm knows the viewer behavior. It knows they're trying to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. And so you can generate views and get new audience that way too by creating stuff that people aren't searching for, but you know that they're struggling with. So if you can get the algorithm to get it in front of those people, then you're kind of you're hitting YouTube from all angles with search and the recommendation algorithm. So that's where I would start as a business owner is thinking about what you offer and who, who you offer it to and s- start with with that versus like trying to find keywords that are like trending or what is everybody talking about on YouTube right now? Or like trying to make videos like Mr. Beast or Casey Neistat or something (laughs) like just think about your customer and your offer Mm -hmm. and start to craft that content. That's going to draw those people in. So you talked about creating content when even people aren't searching for those keywords yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Are you saying that if we were to do keyword research for YouTube purposes and we found some zero volume keywords that we think are valuable, but let's say it's zero volume, we should still create videos on those? Yes, if you think they're valuable, for sure. Because you know what? Keyword research tools like that are specific to YouTube, like TubeBuddy or vidIQ, um, they're they are using their own data. So h- how do you know that it's all of the data of everything, you know, because they're um, they're kind of like putting together their own algorithms to make a best mm-hmm. guess for you. So if you know it's something people are searching for or something people are interested in, then yeah, absolutely create a video about that for sure. Great. That's good to know because, you know, for example, when somebody is writing a blog post, let's say hypothetically, if it's a blogger writing a blog post and doing keyword research, then usually there's this push that do not do like zero word keywords unless, of course, you're trying to create that authority and that keyword is essential for creating that authority. But generally speaking, the push is aim for keywords that already have search volume, not too high because you want to rank for them, Mm -hmm. but we're looking for volume keywords. So Meredith, you said, and well, you implied actually, and it's true, I guess, time passed. YouTube has changed from the time you started it and back in Mm -hmm. 2016 Mm -hmm. until now, a lot of new laws, a lot of regulations, different features on YouTube. Let's talk about somebody who is just starting out on YouTube today. What are some steps or they need to take to be successful, to have the best chance on YouTube? Or do you have any strategies for those people to succeed on YouTube? 
Yes. Okay. So best steps, stick to creating simple videos on specific topics in a single niche. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to niche down or be more specific with your topics because you want, you want that exact right viewer to like laser lock in on like, oh yeah, this person is going to solve my problem. You want them to watch your whole video, you know, find one video through search results, maybe watch that whole video. And now YouTube has that viewer pegged as somebody who like, oh, they're interested in this topic. And so all the other videos on your channel can now be recommended to that person when they go to youtube.com or open the homepage or recommended content. So you don't have to rely just on that person finding you and then digging deeper into your channel. Like, yes, we want them to do that. We want them to go down a rabbit hole of your channel, but we also want the algorithm to put your videos in front of them. So maybe next week you publish a new video and that viewer goes and opens up YouTube and there it is on the homepage. Like how, how did it know to do that? Because they had watched your video and they had watched like the whole video or most of the video, or they watched 10 videos on their channel. So mm -hmm. the algorithm kind of makes that connection and gets it in front of that exact right person. So if you're sticking within specific topics within a single niche, then YouTube gets a really good idea about the actual audience that's perfect for your videos. Or even better said would be, it gives a better idea of your, of, I, I usually say this the other way around. So most of the time people think that I publish a video, YouTube's going to go find people to watch my video, but it's the other way around. YouTube knows that, oh, Miriam is on YouTube right now. What is she going to watch? What can we put in front of her that's going to give, make her watch YouTube as much as possible today mm -hmm. so that she doesn't leave? So yeah, I don't, I, I don't know where I was going with that, but that's what we want to have happen. YouTube knows we have this collection of videos on these specific topics. They're all related. So we know the viewers that are going to be perfect to get those videos in front of so that the viewers stay on YouTube as long as possible. Did that answer your question or cause more confusion? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about, we, we talked kind of touched on creating content on YouTube and getting started on YouTube. Now I want to address some of the logistical questions that people just always naturally have. Is there like an ideal length for a video to create on YouTube? I would say not an ideal length, but I would aim for at least five minutes. I mean, you don't, you just want the video, your videos to be as long as they need to be without having to add any extra fluff or so the, the thing is like watch time is so important. Like watch time is the signal. Watch time is the goal of YouTube. They want people to watch videos and stay on the mm -hmm. platform. So if you're going to do a video that could be five minutes or you're thinking, oh, I'll make it 20 minutes. I'll add in this and that and I'll tell this story and that story and blah, blah, blah. Well, like, are people going to stay that long is the question. So if you're not going to be able to hold people for 20 minutes, hold their attention, then you're better off just making four videos that are 
five minutes long than one long video. So it kind of depends on the creator and the content, you know, like it's like asking how big should a painting be? Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. How big does it, how big should it be? How big does it, how much space does it deserve to take up? You know, it's like, um, it's dependent on so many factors, but I think five minutes at a minimum is a good place to start. And if you feel like if you're putting a video together and you're like, oh, this is only three minutes long, then make a couple of YouTube shorts, make them 60 seconds or less and just, just make them, make them shorts. That was going to be my next question, <laughs> to be honest with you, because, you know, yeah, watch time is important on YouTube. It's an important statistic as to whether your channel is succeeding or not. So then how do we treat YouTube shorts? I know it's supposed to be an equivalent to something like TikToks and Instagram reels, but can somebody succeed on YouTube with just doing YouTube shorts? There are shorts only channels that <laughs> are like, I would describe them more to be like entertainment type content versus business type content. I still think long form videos are like the most powerful way to utilize YouTube to, to grow your business for sure. But shorts are helping people get new subscribers. Um, mm -hmm. The thing with shorts is like when, when your short is playing or if you're watching a short from a channel that you're not subscribed to, there's a big red subscribe button right there. So it's like so easy for people to click. So people are gaining subscribers, I think, more easily than from a long form video, which is great. But I think it's a little too early to tell if that really does anything for you. Did like, did those people come back and watch your long form videos or, mm -hmm. you know, buy your course or something? And the, the analytics and the data on the shorts are so goofy right now. Like if you publish a short, you may for like an hour, you're going to see these like views go up, 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 up. And then they just stop. And it's like YouTube just stopped showing it to people. And Why? we don't know why. Why did it do that? You know, I have mm -hmm. clients who it's like, you can see the graph and it's going up and while it's going up, they're gaining subscribers, like 10 subscribers in one hour. And then it just stops. And it's like, if people were subscribing, why did you make it stop? Like it was working, you know? <laughs> so I think, I, I don't know that YouTube has a really clear, I think they're still testing things. And I'm kind of on the fence with how seriously to take shorts for me it's just all experimental it's mm -hmm. you know but so there i don't have a shorts strategy per se but you can reply or respond to comments as a short so on a long form video with your phone through the youtube app on your phone you can find a comment and reply with a short just like on like reels and tiktok where the comment shows up and it's clickable to click through to the video so if someone asks a great question you can create a short from that question and i think that's a really under i mean for me it's an underutilized thing i should do that every single day i could probably do 100 a day like that but i think that's a really cool way to integrate shorts Mm -hmm. Also using trending music 
is gets you more views. I think, I mean, that's what people are saying. And it's also seems to be my experience too. So I, yeah, I'm still on the fence about shorts. And if you, if, if you pay attention, you'll see there are really smart people saying you got to create shorts. Shorts is how you grow your channel and you got to get on this shorts bandwagon. And then there's really smart people saying like showing data and saying, don't bother with shorts. They're not sustainable and they're probably going to go away at some point in the future. You don't feel that YouTube is pushing shorts the same way that Instagram is pushing reels at the moment. I don't know. I think they're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Good to know. So one last question about shorts, I promise. That's probably not your favorite topic. No, I love talking. <laughs> I love talking about anything YouTube. Because it's, it, it's all um, shorts is just all an experiment. So yeah. Would you so for people who are, let's say, active on platforms like Instagram and TikTok creating the short form videos, would you recommend they actually upload that same format? Let's say somebody created a TikTok and then they just remove the watermark and post it on reels as well would you recommend that same format to be posted on youtube short or do you think youtube shorts should be approached a little bit differently as far as the video creation is concerned or the type of video creation i think if repurposing from tiktok or reels is the only way that you're going to be active on youtube then i would just say just do that because something is better than nothing, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think there is, I don't know if it's true or not, but I think even with TikTok and Reels, it's like somehow the platform knows if you created it in the app. Mm -hmm. So people say, oh, it, it knows <laughs> and it'll push it to more people. And other people are like, but that doesn't make any sense if I create it even like with my computer, how does it, you know? So if you're, if you repurpose, you should try to put some text on the screen, you know, like a title at the top and like big bold letters or something within the YouTube shorts, like when you upload it so that YouTube knows or thinks like, oh, they created this organically from YouTube and they definitely didn't repurpose this mm -hmm. from TikTok. <laughs> So the more you can make it sort of look and feel like this is a native YouTube short and not just a repurposed TikTok, I think mm -hmm. I think that's probably a best practice. But I don't I mean I repurpose TikToks. They've done fine. I've done just regular uploaded created with the shorts app they do fine you can you can test it out but like i said something is better than nothing so if repurposing is like the only thing you can do right now to be active on youtube it's i say it's still a good way to go better than nothing okay yeah no it makes sense absolutely makes sense so meredith i want to quickly kind of bring this conversation back to my audience who are coaches, course creators, consultants, you know, online business owners, basically entrepreneurs. So when one of my audience members, let's say, goes on YouTube to create a YouTube channel or to post, post a YouTube video on their existing channel, the goal most of the time is not to be a YouTuber, 
the goal is to either create authority around for their brand or for their persona, or uh, it is to market their products and services. So let's talk about selling on YouTube, specifically maybe selling digital products. We can also touch on, you know, actual physical ones because we do have some e-commerce owners as well, but mostly it's digital products. So give me your quick and dirty top tips for selling on YouTube. Okay, quick and dirty top tips. (laughs) So you don't want to sell in every video, even if you have like a freebie or a lead magnet, you don't want every single video to be directing people off the platform Mm -hmm. because that's a negative signal to YouTube. YouTube's going to say, oh man, like every time someone comes to watch one of Miriam's videos, they leave. So we're definitely not going to put Miriam's videos on the homepage because we don't want people to leave. So mm-hmm. you're better off sending people to another video. You know, if, if this was helpful, you're going to love that video. Or if, you know, you're just kind of sort of handing off to another perfect video on your channel for the viewer to watch. And so ideally you would have, say, if you have a, an offer, maybe it's like a, like a $37 digital product, or you even have a freebie. If you have one video that sort of makes the case for why somebody needs that, Mm -hmm. then use your other videos to send people to that video instead of sending them to that freebie or to that offer. So I have this on my channel. Now at the top, I have become binge worthy on YouTube and it's, Mm -hmm. it's at the top. So it's in like it's in the trailer position. You can have a trailer or a featured video at the top of your channel. So it's up there. So now I can send viewers to that video and that video makes the case for why you should get my three by four method secret video. So that's a free Mm opt-in. It's not a paid offer. So that I'm always sending people to another video, which is a positive signal. And not only that, but I'm sending them to a video that does a better job of making a case for why you should opt into this thing. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I think the results overall are better in that way. It's more of, of a journey for the viewer than just if this video is helpful, go download my thing. So that's a way I think of making it really kind of fit in with YouTube fit in Mm -hmm. with the, I think online business sometimes kind of with YouTube, it feels a little bit like square peg round hole situation because YouTube doesn't want people to go off and buy your offer Mm -hmm. or download your thing. And so you have to kind of like integrate it in a way that still plays YouTube's game, still sends those positive signals, the watch time, and still kind of cultivates a community of viewers but then also has a way to give people the free or their lead magnet or the offer that's going to like solve a problem that they need to have solved right now. And then of course you have the back end of like email marketing where if you're using YouTube to build your list, then if you launch something or you do a five day challenge or a webinar, you have those people on your list and you have them in your community watching your videos and they kind of like, work hand in hand and work really well together. So that's the, that's the way that I've been 
fitting the square peg into the round hole, mm -hmm. so to speak. Actually kind of gave me an idea. So hypothetically, one could use YouTube as a way to do like a video sales letter, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Instead of like sending them to a long sales page, which they're still going to go, but you kind of could create videos on different portions of your sales letter. Right. And talk about objections and mm -hmm. do FAQs and, you know, and then yes. at the end, maybe like doing like three, four videos of going over the details and why somebody should buy and all of that at the end, send them somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, say. you could do that. You you could do that. You just don't do that with every single YouTube video. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that's the idea. Do it, you know, yeah. every whenever you need to. I mean, ideally, you could have videos that do a. You could have one video that does a really good job of selling your offer, mm -hmm. and then you don't need to make any more videos that do that. You just need to make videos that drive traffic to that video. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Meredith, how does YouTube marketing perform when it comes to sales for low ticket offers versus um, high ticket offers? I think it depends on your audience. Uh, and then it sort of, I think, depends where you take the viewer. Mm -hmm. uh, so in other words, like, for me, for my audience, I'm not going to throw, you know, a thousand dollar offer up there. <laughs> like people are going to be like, yeah, okay. I'm just going to watch your free YouTube videos. Um, but when you're using YouTube to build your list, and then if you have a bigger ticket offer where you do a, have a longer runway and a bigger promotion, maybe it's a webinar or a five-day challenge or something like that, or even getting people on a sales call. You can, you're using your list for that. And then YouTube is filling your list. So I think, sh uh, the like SLOs or low ticket offers, I think are perfect, especially if they solve an immediate problem, you know, like templates or, um, I don't know, like workbooks, things like that, where you're, especially if you're like showing how to use the thing, you're solving a problem, you're showing how to use it. And then you're like, oh yeah, you can go download this too. Um, and here's the link. I think that is a great way to generate some revenue, but also you're, you're still building the list that now they're a customer mm -hmm. on your list for your bigger, higher ticket launch type of products. Interesting. So potentially you could build up your email list fairly quickly with YouTube. Potentially. Yes. Potentially. <laughs> I say potentially because it's like, yeah, you can, if you have it set up to do that, like people aren't going to look at your YouTube videos and say, Hmm, I wonder if she has an email list and then go off and find it. If you're saying like, if you're, you're addressing a problem, addressing objections, um, or even just sort of having a conversation with your viewers mm -hmm. and giving a really clear, good reason why grabbing your freebie or whatever it is, now they're hopping on your list. But you, it's a consistent thing that you have to kind of like keep going versus, mm -hmm. you know, have, like people will put a link to their freebie at the top of their channel 
And I think that's okay, but also you have to tell people why they should why they should download it. And you know, mm -hmm. every couple of videos or like I said, have a video at the top of your channel that makes a case for downloading this thing. If that does that make sense? There's like no, no, there's absolutely. so many different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I'm comparing that to let's say building a list through a podcast. <clears throat> and I think YouTube would be a better fit for building a list, at least initially, probably less hurdles. So for example, on a podcast, you can say like, oh, I have this great freebie, go download it. The link will be in the show notes, or you can even say it out loud during the episode itself. But because most of the time people are just, you know, on the go while they're listening to podcasts, it's like from my experience, like very few people sit down in front of their computers <laughs> to listen to a podcast, mm -hmm. you know, it's harder to get them to take action on a particular link, unless that's exactly what they've been looking for. So the moment they hear it, they're like, Oh, my God, I have to have this, yeah. you know, then I imagine YouTube would be a little bit easier in that regards, just because it is a video and you have the description right there in front of your face and the links are clickable. So you don't mm -hmm. have to take that extra step. Yeah. I wanted to, before I forget everyone, since we talked about freebies and free resources and opt-ins and whatnot, Meredith has a great free resource for all of you out there. It is called a three by four method. This is one of our most popular freebies. So make sure to download this. It's basically a video that shows you how to create 12 videos in the same amount of time that it would normally take you to create just one video. The link is meredithmarsh.co co forward slash three by four. And the link will be in the show notes as well. So make sure this is that one thing that you absolutely <laughs> have to have. So you go in the show notes and download it because this will help you create content potentially for three, four months for your YouTube channel with very little effort. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for cool. sharing that. Of course, of course. Like I aim to share resources for my audience that I think will be helpful. And this is something that every single person needs. I mean, batch creating content is the goal for everybody. Meredith, since we've kind of covered content, we've covered how to do it, what to do it, we've covered sales. Now everybody's favorite question. Let's talk about the tools of the trade. Let's talk about the technology, the setup. Right. Okay. When somebody's just starting out, what is a tech that you would recommend for them to have in place? If you're just getting started with creating videos, if you don't want to invest any money at all in buying a bunch of gear, which which I recommend just try creating with what you have before you buy stuff, which because I know a lot of people who have a fancy camera uh, in a box in the closet and they never used it because they thought mm -hmm. that they needed it to create content. You can create content with your phone. You could use a webcam on your computer. Um, if you're going to go that route, just prioritize your lighting. So you want to be like in front of a window, but not in direct sunlight mm -hmm. or, um, or yeah, in front of a window, even in your car, it sounds silly. And we see this a lot uh, with like, with short form videos, we see people in their cars. Um, cars are quiet and they have really great lighting because you have 
light coming in from like all sides and they're they're designed to be quiet and like sound 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 treated almost right so mm-hmm. um if you have to create content in your car create content in your car uh so that's what i would say is lighting also is if 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 you're somebody who you create a video and you're like i don't like the way i look or i don't like the way i sound or it's just you don't you don't feel like it looks like other people's videos it's probably your lighting um and it, and you wouldn't know it by looking at it but when you go and stand in front of a window you'll be like oh okay that makes sense there's you have less shadows on your face you have less um like the light is focused on you instead of focused on the whole like background um so prioritize your lighting that's an easy way to not spend any money but up level the look of your videos um if you did want to invest in anything it should be your audio so getting some type of an external microphone um and there's so many different options out there even for your phone there's wireless mics that you can pin to your shirt um, that work with a phone or a camera the people say that viewers will they'll watch a video that looks bad but they won't watch a video that sounds bad because Mm -hmm. our ears are so sensitive that if if it if there's like an echo or anything that is like kind of a little bit annoying it's like our ears are like nope i can't i can't watch it so that's the thing i would say if you were going to spend money on something don't make it a camera or lights make it some type of a microphone so that you have good audio with your videos and then like beyond that there's a lot of i have a video on my channel on on camera habits to basically look better feel better on camera like framing yourself so that your eyes are you know the rule of thirds if you're familiar with photography and just like your posture and things like that there's there's like little habits that Mm -hmm. once you are once you create your first few videos and you see like what they look like are you happy with what they look like you can start to make like smaller tweaks to the little on camera camera habits that up level how you look on video Mm -hmm. interesting meredith obviously you're an expert on this you have great tips you have great resources talk to me about how you're working with clients do you have a course do you have a membership how is it that clients can come to you for help with their youtube channel i have a couple ways i have 30 days to a thriving youtube channel which is a course you go through on your own time it's all pre-recorded so it's broken up into bite-sized lessons for 30 days and that's for somebody who either like they don't have a channel yet so Mm -hmm. they they need that hand holding step by step of how to get going or somebody who has a channel but they still kind of feel like they're a total newbie and they don't know what they're doing Um, yeah and so if you don't know how to create videos that would be for you if you don't know what to create on your channel if you don't know how to find those keywords or what people are searching for or watching then 30 Days to a Thriving YouTube channel is perfect for you. If you have a channel, 
then if you're like, I'm uploading my videos and like nothing is happening, I have a membership called Thriving Creator Society that is for people who have a channel, but they want to make it grow faster, scale it. And they're like, Meredith, just like, tell me what to create. Tell me what to do here. Um, because a lot of it comes down to what's what your analytics are telling you. So mm -hmm. if you can read your analytics like a crystal ball, then you know what to do next or what to tweak or what's working well or what's not working well. And then I do work with clients on kind of an as going ongoing basis for, you know, setting your channel up to get those leads and sales and how to script your videos to mm -hmm. get people to actually take action on those <laughs> leads and sales. Um, so I do work with one-on-one -on -one clients and it just kind of varies what what exactly that they need help with. Okay, perfect. And is there a way that you prefer for people to contact you in case somebody listening to this episode decides it's time to up-level their YouTube channel? Well, they can email me, Meredith at vidpromom.com. Perfect. Um, we'll put that yeah. in the show notes for you as yeah. well. Yeah. that's Or if you find me on social media, just shoot me a DM. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, Meredith, this has been an absolutely amazing interview and very helpful. I'm sure people listening in took notes. They probably are walking away with a lot of golden nuggets. But there is one last question that I need to ask you that I ask to every single interviewee on this show. Can you provide our listeners with one actionable quick tip that they can implement for their businesses immediately? and hopefully see some results. Yes. Create some binge-worthy videos for your channel and really get clear on the problems that your customer or your ideal viewer is searching for. What are they struggling with? What are their fears around that thing? And get really clear on that and be specific in your videos as you're creating them and basically create a library of binge-worthy videos so that YouTube kind of has no choice but to get your videos out to more people because they're so helpful and so useful for your audience. Perfect. Perfect. So I hope you were listening in. I hope you took notes. I hope you will take what Meredith said today, what she taught today and apply it to your business, no matter where you're at in your business, whether you're an online course creator, a coach, consultant, an absolute beginner, or somebody who's scaling. YouTube has a place for all of you to succeed. Am I right or am I right, Meredith? Oh, you are right for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with me today, Meredith. It was an absolute pleasure. And maybe we should revisit YouTube in a not so near future again to see if anything has changed, if there's any like new strategies that people should adopt. What do you think? Absolutely. I would love to come back. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Meredith. Have a great one. And thank you for listening to us. I'll create another wonderful episode for you next week while you have an opportunity to either listen to me talk about legal matters for your business and how to protect it legally, or you'll have an opportunity to listen in to another expert in their industry for growing and scaling your business. Have a great one, everybody.